with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and together we dive into the unexpected deep, deep ocean with Thomas Wiegand. Thomas is one of my oldest Irish uh, <laughs> eccentric um, <laughs> artist friends and uh, we we talked last time about his childhood and now in the second part we, we're gonna go over and talk about um, his time in Ireland or actually so how he came to Ireland which is quite interesting as well because it was already in the 80s I think Oh. Yeah, it was in the 80s, and uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Hi, Thomas. I, hi, Dad. I'm maybe eccentric, but I'm incentric as well, so it goes both <laughs> ways, really. So I, yeah. I go from the inside to the outside. So, yeah, at some stage, I, I'm born originally in, in Germany. At some stage, everything was not going right anymore. It was the times where there was basically uh, something like a general feeling and which was expressed best by Pink Floyd's The Wall and the feeling was no future. And the state terror got bigger and bigger. Everything got more When, when bleak. was that? That was in 85. Okay. In '85, uh, I uh, decided to buy a little cottage here because I just had enough. Nothing was really working out in Germany anymore for me. And, and, the and did you did you make art at this time? Or? Oh yeah, I worked as an artist. I worked in adult education as well. So I was teaching uh, drawing, painting. So uh, you studied you studied etching. design or what or what what? I studied graphics and design and I was at an interdisciplinary art school for six and a half years, yeah. simply that long yeah. because I got a grant that was running that long. So I thought, well, the Use best it. thing I can do is just check out all the workshops, really. Absolutely. And, yeah. And that's why I became a multi-artist yeah. because I... Uh, basically work in any discipline because which was great yeah, yeah. which which i had more or less seen and then uh, and we done s myself and, and we still see it in your work nowadays you know yeah it's a uh, uh, what we call in german uh, gesamtkunstwerk which means it's a, a complex yeah. uh, artworks which includes um, a lot of different disciplines but it doesn't make it easier sometimes because uh, if you have all this creativity 
together to to Oh, I think it's uh, it makes it uh, easy for me because I can do what I like and besides uh, I'm what we call a jack of all trades and a master of none. Yeah. So I, I have kind of gotten rid and freed myself of uh, becoming good. I'm just uh, a yeah. jack of all trades. Yeah. And I don't want to be a master anyway. So. Mm, yeah. so, yeah, I came to Ireland because uh, Germany, it was uh, too much state terror and they wouldn't kind of l let other uh, people like me who didn't fit in exactly uh, live because there wasn't any attitude like live and let live. And that's what I loved about Ireland so much when I came. I uh, I wasn't judged really, you know. I I was more people wanted to know what I'm up to and all that really, you know. And though I didn't fit the typical Irish uh, 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 situation really, simply even that I didn't go to church or anything, but I had the freedom not to go to church, which was obligatory back then really, you know. As a blow-in I had very, very much freedom and people accepted me because uh, I did everything myself. So they saw that that prejudice, that so-called hippies, which I'm actually not, if I'm anything, then I'm a freak, but not a hippie, so that they are lazy and uh, always on the dole. I wasn't lazy because I rebuilt my house myself. Was it, did you came already over here to West Cork? Or yeah, where, I, came where did you to, land I came to uh, Valley Hop and uh, I bought my house and I did it up. And you found that from a farmer probably? I, I found that because I met a German uh, German speaking estate uh, agent yeah. and uh, so uh, he introduced me to the farmer and we talked and uh, yeah. so anyway to come back to the prejudice against so-called hippies that they only come and draw the dole I didn't draw the dole uh, at all because I thought if I come to a country I maintain myself and that's what I did I did self-sufficiency as good as I could. Then mm. I noticed really the situation was different. I wasn't really in a in an artistic place like Germany. It has this art scene and all that. I mm. was in a rural community mm. that didn't know much about the contemporary arts. It had the traditional arts, of course, yeah. but uh, not the tr uh, the contemporary ones. And so. I started to work with what was around me. That was bog oak that I found in the bog. Mm. That was quartz stones. That was driftwoods and bones and other uh, found objects. So that was my material to work with. And uh, uh, at the end of the 80s, I had an exhibition in the, in the Skibberine Art Center. Okay where Jack Roberts, the archaeologist, uh, did a fantastic speech at the opening because I had an installation. I had covered the floor with hay and there was pieces of bog oak and quartz where you could sit in between mm. and some self-built instruments so that people could play, which of course was a totally 
new uh, experience for mm, West Cork mm, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the sense of the arts. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so that's basically uh, what I did. And uh, eventually I went to uh, build recycled musical instruments from scrap that I found on the dump or in Cigar box shops. guitars, for instance. Uh, anything really, anything that made a sound. So uh, I mean, this, this whole place is full of that, especially the magic forest. Yeah, the magic forest has a sound space. There's a lot of metal and plastic objects because it's outdoors. So everything uh, needs to be waterproof. So you couldn't keep a Strativari there, really. You know, it Not wouldn't really, work no. uh, very long, really. Uh. So I work a lot with the angle grinder. I cut old aluminium pots and they get a very, uh, they have a very sweet sound really, you know, so I, I do that and uh, I can... Uh, it sounds nice, yeah. I can give a little demonstration because it sounds very abstract. Uh, Thomas has one, one, of, one of those instruments here. Yeah, it sounds very and, abstract uh, if you cannot hear it really, you know, so... I, I think that's a good... I play a yeah. little thing which... Uh, It's an old pressure cooker pot. Wow, 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 wow. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Don't subscribe to the yesterday. Don't you subscribe to the yesterday. It causes you pain. It brings you sorrow. Thank you very much, Thomas. So, folks, it's, if you don't know what to do with your is, old aluminium uh -huh. pots, just get them to me. Uh, <laughs> it is quite, quite interesting. This pot, and there, there are really slots in it from the angle grinder and he wrote gamelan with a, with a marker on it as well i might gonna gonna make a couple of photos and put it then on a later stage into the youtube uh, uh, um, description um, video yeah that has a gamelan tuning gamelan is a musical form uh of music in Indonesia, especially Bali and Java. And I have studied gamelan music uh, in 1990 on Bali and uh, I got totally uh, fascinated with that. And uh, I learned a lot about community music as well because uh, in other parts of the world uh, there is community music. 
here we have a star cult where kind of they're pop stars and people who want to be in the limelight. It's about money and ego. But I uh, uh, prefer to play music with people from all walks of life. We have a band called Bang On. Yeah, we're going to play every Monday actually normally. Yeah, and that is a percussion band, and we play on instruments like that, on, on drums, and everybody can join in at their level of skills. So we don't have stars, we don't have any uh, judgmental X factor, and I call it what we do, it's the why not factor, be inclusive and have the community involved and yeah. have fun with it's each other. It's a very nice, nice way to start the week with it on Monday mornings at 11 o'clock actually it's one and a half hours uh, uh, playing things together not not just drumming as as well ukulele guitar or bass or whatever you know and uh, um, getting out energetic for for the week somehow it's really nice and Thomas Thomas starts to to invent this group already years ago he provides as well um, the people with a lot of lot of drums percussion instruments plastic little piggies which are uh squeezing <laughs> like that and uh, the sound is sometimes amazing what 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 turns out and the everyone result. can do it i encourage you uh, listeners play your kitchen the kitchen is full of good things really yeah, you know yeah. especially tables you know become a tabletop uh, top drummer yeah Be become become a table tubby and not a tailor tubby. Right. Uh, I was wondering. So as you came over here to Ireland, you were you, you were one of the first first uh, percussion players make makers because you used to be in Africa for quite a long time before that. So that's actually the background, isn't it? Somehow? Well, it was not for a long time, but for some time. Yeah. And uh, it came by basically by coincidence. I was playing uh, kind of a jazz with a very good flute player called Jeremy Baines. And we were I was playing guitar still uh, back at that time. And we were looking for a percussion player and we could not find a percussion player. Most of the Baran players, they were useless or they didn't like jazz music, the good ones. So yeah. uh, oh, then yes. I, I had that. that offer to go to Guinea in West Africa. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that myself now. And then I got hooked on drums, really. Yeah. I was always rhythmic, but I had no idea how, how it was all kind of done. Uh, and so I learned it systematically. And again, it's community music. Everybody joins in, which is the beauty, at their own level. And the women most of the time are clapping or playing shakers or singing. And they dance a lot. And the men, most of the time, they play the drums. As one drummer friend says to me when I asked him, why don't the women play the drums? And he said... Ooh, that's way too much energy between her legs. You can't do that. Honestly. All right. Yes, yes. It was quite funny. He laughed himself, really, you know. 
but I mean, actually, I see as well women are, are drumming quite a lot in our group, so that's that's quite stereotypes. Oh, in in West Africa now as well, especially in Senegal, you have uh, women uh, percussion and drum bands. It's unbelievable, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you started as well to to do some some. Uh, um, percussion workshops over over here in Ireland, so they force you. The Irish hippies forced you to do to do somehow uh, workshops. Well, it it was I I built a drum because uh, I I was a bit drunk at a party and somebody asked me when I was playing a jamba drum where would I get one? And I said, well, I can build you one, and well, I had to do it then and. It all came from that one drum, and uh, I became a drum teacher, though I wasn't really a drum teacher at all. I just could play a few rhythms, but uh, they chased me along, so I had to kind of always uh, make sure I'm just a little bit ahead of them. And when when was that? That was in 93 or 94, And then it became a, a big fashion then in Ireland. And I have so more given, than 25 years ago. Yeah, I, mm. I was giving workshops. I'd say I've done over a thousand really for all sorts of institutions, mainly schools, but uh, the health sport as well and mental health services, yeah. disadvantaged groups and so on and so on. So you started with your workshops in the 90s? Yeah, yeah. I was traveling basically the whole country with it, really. Yeah, And uh, then at some stage, that fashion was over. As well. how, how long did it, did, it, did it last? 10 years? 15 around years? 10 years, but the Celtic Tiger was over as well. And 2008, wasn't it? So Yeah, so that was over and uh, I didn't get much employment anymore. So uh, I wound it up then. And now we're just playing with a band here with Bang On and everybody's welcome to join. Yeah, we actually, we, we used to play already a couple of years ago uh, at the Futa Island in, uh, in Cork with this group with the monkeys yeah on, on the uh, african weekend two days that was quite quite fun it was great yeah it's a it's a nice place photo so then you started so you used to be here and i mean you you really developed your place very much you put a lot of trees on your land i mean i mean i mean thomas has a, a, quite a lot uh, very close uh, thing with trees And you can see that on his place. Yeah, know? I mean, the place that I bought uh, was a very nice place, but there were not many uh, trees. And back then, I really heard uh, uh, statements by the farmers that they hated trees for the simple reason, they, yeah, you know, yeah. that they uh, in the way of driving a tractor, you know. I tried to explain that they're actually shelter belts and uh, that the grass would grow faster. And as well, I planted a lot of trees in uh, land that was back then it was called wasteland. I would more call it rocky natural land. And so I planted over a thousand trees. Over a thousand, wow. Yeah. And they're still all there. And the trees, I, uh, it's no excuse to say, oh, trees are expensive. If you look out, they grow at the side of the road. And you can dig them up there because otherwise the council will cut them anyway with a verge cutting. So you save a tree and you do something for the environment because we need trees. 
because there's too many trees being cut down. So if you want to improve your human karma, plant trees, folks. Yeah, Ireland still needs definitely more trees, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's coming on, so there is a, 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 an awareness now, which is good, but uh, we need native trees and broadleaf trees and not Sitka spruce, which is uh, making uh, the soil even more acidic. So plant a lot of different trees by variety. You never can go wrong. I mean, some of the storms over here, so they they really they 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 push so many trees over. I mean, we we lose every year a lot of trees here. So I mean, probably everywhere. Or well, but if you have some woodlands, even if uh, if they come down, uh, there would be if it's uh, a good forest, there would the young ones come up. Otherwise, you just replant a few more. They're free at the side of the road. You only have to dig them up. The sycamores. Well, it could be sycamores, uh, but there's a lot of other ones as well, because sycamore, later on, as everyone knows, they're not very pretty to look at, but that doesn't matter. They, they give oxygen. Absolutely. Yeah. Any tree is a good yeah. tree, except Sitka spruce. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Thomas, I would say thank you very much. So we got a little bit... Thanks, Dad. A, a little information about that. I mean, it's it's probably quite interesting as well for for people abroad or wherever you know. So how it is? So, so what what is the intention, the motivation for somebody who's who's coming over here? You know. So. Well, the one thing I like to add, really, when I came here, I developed a concept that is called nature art. So I combine nature with art because art at the end of the day it's a healing process and if you're in nature you uh, heal yourself as well so the both thing together will kind of make you a happier person and a healthier person so art basically it's a therapy it's good for Absolutely. you to express yourself the more you can express yourself in whatever medium Uh, the better it is. We are adults, but we need to play. And if we m do art in whatever shape and form, yeah. we play. Yeah, Let's I play, folks. just can't agree with that. Thank you very much, Thomas. And dear listeners, if you like what you hear, tune in to the third part. Take care. This is a listener-supported show. I feel honored if you subscribe to this show. You can follow me non-financial with the following click on one of my Instagram accounts or subscribe the visual version of this podcast on YouTube via the link below. If you like what you hear, be sure to tune in next Wednesday for the next Attitude Talk with a special guest. If you want to leave a donation for a coffee or a bus ticket, Just follow the donation link via the Artitude podcast account. Eventually, I would like to thank, through this medium, all my members and listeners of the I Love West Cork Artists Network from all over the world. Just to remember myself that without you, this year couldn't and wouldn't happen.
You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.